All right. Happy Wednesday morning. Welcome to Bible Study Live. Thank you so much for those of you joining me live or after the fact. Do me a favor, drop your comments. Let me know what you think about today. I would love to hear it. And today we're wrestling with this. Does God want you to believe in you? That is actually a much more complicated question than uh, than people would believe. It actually is. Because we all know there's this fine line, like when we put faith in ourselves, there's a problem with that, right? Like the Bible talks about uh, that we don't put our faith in men. Uh, that's like a thing in the Bible, right? Uh, as a matter of fact, I think it's, uh, Psalm 146 talks about it. John 15, four may talk about it a little bit. Uh, you know, what? I'm just going to pull it up. I'm going to pull up a couple different verses. Uh, Psalm 118, eight says it's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. Uh, Micah seven, five, put no trust in a neighbor. have no confidence in a friend. Guard the doors of your mouth. Uh, Jeremiah 17, five, thus says the Lord curse. Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. Who we, that is a lot right there. So are we not supposed to believe in ourselves? Like, are we not supposed to have any self-belief? Uh, Psalm 118, 8 and 9. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. Uh, let's see. Uh Let's see, what other verse am I looking at here? Yada, yada, yada. Uh, oh, Ephesians 2.8. For by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not your own doing. It's the gift of God. Isaiah 2.22. Stop regarding man in whose nostrils is breath. For what account is he? Okay. So anyways, I've shared, I've read through, I think a good number of these, right? Uh, Psalm 146.3, put not your trust in princes in the son of man whom, in whom there is no salvation. Uh, so here's the deal. The Bible talks a lot about why we don't put our trust in people, but we put it in God. But I'm going to share something with you today that I think is going to bring also another perspective, because a lot of times I think when we read, don't put f trust in man, uh, I think we sometimes misread that. Um, one of the things I've been wrestling with is this is like, uh, well, Kind of break down something that Jesus did, and then maybe that will help give you uh, a, a new um, perspective that you may not have considered. Okay, uh, you know what? But let's pray first. God, thank you so much for uh, the technology to be able to wrestle with your word publicly. Uh, God, I pray that your uh, Holy Spirit would speak through me, help me get out of the way, and uh, and God, I just pray that you'd help me to learn to draw closer to you as I wrestle with your word. And I pray the same for anybody who watches or listens later in Jesus name. Amen. Okay. So let's talk about this. So I just read a whole bunch of verses and say, don't put your trust in man. Don't put your trust in man. And, uh, obviously those are true because they're in scripture, but what do those mean? <clears throat> well, there's something you may not know. So I'm gonna give you a little bit of a history lesson about rabbis of which Jesus was one. And, uh, and then we'll talk about, <clears throat> Why I believe God does want you to believe in yourself. Yeah. So we read all these verses talking about don't put your trust in men. Don't put your trust in princes. Don't put your, and, and a lot of those are tied to like, don't count on them to bring you salvation. Don't put your faith in someone else to do what only God does. But that doesn't mean you're not supposed to have belief in yourself. I mean, the Bible says we're created in the image of God, right? But let me show you in a practical sense, some of this. So as we go through the scriptures, we see Jesus calling his disciples, right? We see Jesus walking along and he sees, uh, you know, Peter, uh, and he says, Hey, follow me. 
right? He sees James and John, follow me. He's got, they drop everything and follow him. He sees Matthew at the tax collector's booth, says, follow me. Matthew drops everything and follows him. And one would have to go, well, wait, what does this have to do with self-belief? I'll feed you baby birds because this is actually, this is actually so amazing. So to understand why everybody would drop everything to follow Jesus, uh, and, and yes, soul tree 52, 53, we are talking about, uh, the Christian faith and, uh, Jesus. So there you go. I uh, hope that answers your question. I got to figure out how to get the captions on the screen to show up with white text instead of black, because for some reason, every time I pop those up there, nobody could see them. Um, okay. Anyways, let's, uh, let's continue. So basically I, I want to share something with you to understand why all these people dropped everything to follow Jesus, because this is an important understanding to what we're going to dig into today. So Peter, James, John, Andrew, Matthew, all these guys that dropped everything to follow Jesus were working in a trade, right? They were doing some sort of uh, job, like other than ministry, other than being a rabbi. But here's what you have to understand. Every little kid went to Hebrew school. Every, every little kid, uh, Definitely all the boys, but now they're starting to find archaeological things that show girls too. Um, uh, it is a Bible studies uh, stream, soul tree. Uh, so every little kid, um, boys for sure, and now they're starting to find archaeological facts to show that girls also uh, were uh, studying uh, back then too, which is awesome to, to learn. But they would memorize Torah. First five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. They would memorize that. And as, as a rabbis were like the educators of the children back then, like the rabbis and, and, and their, their squad. So if you think about that, every little, little boy, let's just say little boy for sure. We know that for sure. Every little boy was learning this and they were memorizing the scriptures because they didn't have a Bible to carry around like you and me, uh, or, or an iPad, like, uh, like I have like multi translations on today. So they had to keep it here. They had to memorize these stories up here. And if a rabbi thought, man, you know what? If a rabbi saw a kid and they went, ooh, I think you got potential, they would keep them on and have them learn more. And they would start to memorize the rest of Tanakh, which is what we call the Old Testament. And um, when it, a child would get to roughly age 13-ish, I think is what uh, most scholars say, when, it, when, a, when a child would get to age 13, uh, a rabbi would look at them and, and, and decide you've got what it takes to do what I do. I believe you can do what I do. I believe you can be a rabbi like me. I'm going to, I'm going to take you under my wing. You're going to carry my yoke and you're going to follow me. Everybody say it, follow me. So to understand that, now let's go back to Jesus and his guys. Uh, Soultry asks, is there any other platform you're live on? Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and LinkedIn, my friend. Um, so let's go back to Jesus' disciples. So all of them, basically, to be working in a trade, that means that at some point in their life, the rabbi said to them, you need to go take up the family business because you can't do what I do. You're not capable of doing what I do. You can't follow me. Go be a good Jewish boy and work in daddy's business. Go work for somebody else. That's what it meant. So to understand that when Jesus said to these guys, follow me, this crazy 
rogue rabbi street preacher that was all of a sudden people were hearing about and he was sharing God's word in a new profound way. These, these guys, when, when Jesus said, follow me for the first time in their lives, a rabbi said to them, I believe in you. I believe you can do what I do. I believe you're worthy to follow me. I don't know about you, but man, there have been times in my life where people have said, listen, you need to do something else. You're not, you're not good enough to do this. And not always in those words, but I'll give you an example. When I was in high school, I had a shop teacher, Mr. Schlock, by the way, great human being. But I remember uh, changing oil, washing my hands. <laughs> and Mr. Schlock, I won't share the name that he called me. That was not very polite. But he yelled at me, called me a name, told me to get back under the car, stop washing my hands, and finish changing my oil. Now, he then made this comment to me. He said, listen, you better sell cars because you definitely are not good enough to fix them. Which is fine. Didn't break my heart nowadays because sales and marketing is what I do. But when I first started selling cars, I got fired from the first two dealerships that I was at. I got sort of training, but not really. And uh, both times I got let go and I got encouraged, go find something else. This is not for you. You're not good enough to do this. So I can relate to being told I'm not good enough, but not on the level of what the disciples must have felt. I mean, every young Jewish boy learning, like here's this rabbi, the rabbis were like, ah, oh, they, they were like thought of to have like a, a, a link to God. And so if imagine being a little Jewish kid studying under this rabbi going, I hope you're going to say that I too am worthy of having a direct connection to God and then being told you're not. And now here comes 30, 20, 20 years later, 10 years later, five years later, whatever it was, you know, depending on the age of the disciples, along comes this guy, Jesus, this rabbi, Jesus, who says, follow me, you're good enough. Now that brings us to the scripture that we're going to wrestle with today, because all of these guys who had been rejected probably for the first time in their life are be told, being told you're good enough. And that leads us to this moment with Jesus. And, uh, I'm going to share a story from the book of Matthew that, um, I'm sure you've heard before if you've read the Bible or heard a Bible teaching, but maybe not from this perspective. So we're going to talk about Peter and the walking on water scene. Because if you've heard this, you've probably heard the boldness of Peter preached. Like, and Jesus had come and Peter came and he walked on the water, but then Peter lost faith and that's why he sank. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to encourage you to set that aside for a moment. And I, I want to encourage you to take a look at something that you may not have considered. So let's read the scriptures. And then we'll break it down. Uh, I'm reading from the message today. I love the way the story is told. And uh, the message is a paraphrase. It's now considered a translation. But whether you're reading from the King James, New King James, CSB, NLT, NIV, uh, NASB, it's all fine. They're all telling the same story here. As soon as the meal was finished, he insisted that the disciples get in the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the people. With the crowd dispersed, he climbed the mountain so he could be by himself and pray. He stayed there alone late into the night. This is talking about Jesus, of course. Uh, meanwhile, the boat was far out to sea when the wind came up against them and they were battered by the waves. At about four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on water. They were scared to death. A ghost, they said, crying out in terror. But Jesus was quick to comfort them. Courage, it's me. Don't be afraid. Peter 
suddenly bold says, master, if it's really you call me to come to you on the water. He said, come ahead. Jumping out of the boat, Peter walked on the water to Jesus. But when he looked down at the waves churning beneath his feet, he lost his nerve and started to sink. He cried, Master, save me. Jesus didn't hesitate. He reached down, grabbed his hand, and then he said, Faint heart, what got into you? The two of them climbed in the boat. The wind died down. The disciples in the boat, having watched the whole thing, worshiped Jesus, saying, This is it. You're God's son for sure. Now, I'm going to flip the script. I'm going to read it from the NIV too, and then we'll break it all down. Um, there's The reason I'm doing that is just to eliminate anybody going, oh, those aren't the way that it's worded. It says you have a little faith. Okay, cool. So immediately Jesus made the disciples get in the boat. We're going to fast forward to this part. Uh, shortly before dawn, Jesus walked out, went out to them walking in the lake. When the disciples saw him in the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to him, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed in the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Let's talk about this. Let's break this down a little bit. So I told you a moment ago that when a rabbi says, follow me, that was their way of saying, I believe you can do what I do. I believe you can carry my yoke. This also lands a whole new perspective when Jesus says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light because the yokes, there were two different yokes um, being shared that were kind of like the primary um thought processes uh, back then, which, uh, you know, was one group of people believed in resurrection. One did not. Uh, they all had very strict teaching. They all shared the same 613, you know, uh, laws um, written in oral laws that people were to follow if they were Jewish. Uh, so they were a pretty heavy yoke, right? Like you have to do this. You have to do this to be right with God. You got to do steps one through 613, not just the big 10, but they were trying to break down like, well, what falls under these 10, right? So it was like 613 rules. It was a heavy yoke to carry. It was, it was, it was a heavy burden. It was hard. So when Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, brings a new perspective, right? So, so when a rabbi would say, follow me, they were saying, carry my yoke, my ways, make them your ways. You can do this. You can be like me. So in this moment, as Jesus is out there and Peter says, if it's you call me to come to you. And Jesus says, come in that moment, Jesus was telling Peter, you can walk on water. Think about that for a minute. He told Peter to come, which he didn't it, like, he wasn't playing a practical joke on him. He wasn't saying, yeah, yeah, come on, let's watch this. Hey guys, wake up. This is going to be hilarious. No, he said, come because he knew Peter could walk on water too. He knew Peter could do what he did. That's why he called him to follow him in the first place. And when Peter stepped out, what did he do? He walked on water. But then what does it go on to say? It says, but when he saw the wind, which is funny because we can't see wind, right? Some translations say waves. It says he was terrified. He was afraid and he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. Now, here's an interesting thing. A lot of folks talk about this as though Peter lost faith in Jesus. Because when Peter says, oh, you have little faith as though Peter lost faith in Jesus. But let me ask you a question. When Peter started to sink, what did he do? 
He said, Lord, save me. So did he lose faith in Jesus? Did his faith ever waver in Jesus? It doesn't appear that it did. Because when he was drowning, or when he thought he was drowning, who did he cry out to? The only one he knew could save him. So then when Jesus says Peter had little faith, what faith was Peter lacking in? I heard an interesting perspective on this that I'm going to share with you. And that is that Jesus was criticizing Peter for losing faith in himself. Maybe a better way to communicate it is this. Peter, I believe in you. So why don't you? See, Jesus called Peter to follow him because he believed Peter had what it takes. Jesus called Peter to step out and walk on water because Jesus knew. Jesus believed. Jesus knew. Peter had what it takes. But Peter, even though Jesus believed in him, Peter didn't believe in Peter. And sometimes that's how it is today. You know, as Jesus gets ready to leave, we have, you know, what's called the Great Commission, where he says, go and make disciples of all nations. Jesus is saying to his followers, I believe that you can help people come to know me. I believe you can help people become students of me. See, Jesus wouldn't have given that commission to his followers then. And that commission wouldn't be given to us now if Jesus didn't believe that we could be everything God created us to be. Jesus, while we couldn't get ourselves out of sin, right? While we couldn't, it was impossible. We needed him. We still need him, right? Jesus went to the cross to save us from our sin. We know that. We know that. So this isn't some self-help mantra crap. I'm not going that direction. But I want you to understand, Jesus, God loved us so much that he sent Jesus to die so that we could live forever. Why would he want us to live if he didn't believe in us too? No, we are not God's, but we are created in God's image, which means we bear his likeness, which means we have the, the capacity to love, to forgive, to show mercy, to encourage, right? The power has tongue to take life and to give life. See, Jesus believed in his followers then, and he believes in his followers now. But sometimes our lack of understanding that, we, we don't realize Jesus believes in us, so we stop believing in us. We limit what we think we're capable of. We think, I, you know, who am I to go talk about God to somebody? I mean, I've got all these sins in my life, all these times I've fallen short, all these times I do fall short. I'm not worthy. There's a difference between being worthy and being capable. Here's the thing. We all fall short. None of us actually deserve to be able to represent Jesus. That's what makes his mercy so beautiful. But he chose us to do this. All of us. It's not God's will that any should perish. God loves the world and Jesus called his followers to make disciples. My friends, 
the world wants you to believe in you as a way for you to save you. That's different than Jesus believing in you and wanting you to believe in you because you're created in God's image. And because you're created in God's image, you have the capacity to create, to love, to encourage, to inspire. How many times in your life have you stopped short because you've stopped believing in you? That day when Peter walked on water, Jesus believed in him. Otherwise, he wouldn't have called him out. He would never call him out to embarrass him. He would never call him out to watch him sink. He called him out because he knew Peter was capable. And then Peter, Peter stopped believing about himself, the things that Jesus already knew to be true about. And what was the result? And this is what I'm going to wrap up on today. When they got in the boat, okay, so Peter starts sinking. He says, Lord, save me. So we see that Peter never lost faith in Jesus' ability to save him. And it says Jesus didn't hesitate. That's how the message words it. I love it. The rest of them said Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. The message says Jesus didn't hesitate. That's beautiful to think about. We cry out, God, I need you. Jesus is like, I got you. But what happened after that? When Jesus said, you of little faith, or hey, faint-hearted, hey, why'd you lose faith? Why did you doubt? He didn't doubt Jesus, so the only one he could have doubted is himself. Say, why did why did you doubt? And when they climbed in the boat, the wind died down. Those who were in the boat worshiped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. Why do I share that last piece with you? And it's, well, A, because it's part of the whole story. But B, because of this. We all have moments in our walk where we, we, where we waver. That's the best word I could say. Where we, we, we start to lose faith in ourselves like Peter. But here's the rest of the disciples. None of them even stood up and said, hey, if it's you, call me out to do what you're doing. None of the others said that. And as a matter of fact, their response after Peter and Jesus get in the boat, it's pretty mind-blowing. They go, it says they worshiped him and said, truly, you're the son of God. Look before this. This, if I'm not mistaken, is the first moment that they actually acknowledge that out loud in this way where it says that they worshiped him. So it's funny. These guys were walking with Jesus and following Jesus. Uh, This is Matthew chapter 14. So they've been walking with him for a hot minute. And it took until now for them to go, whoa, you're truly the son of God. So even those who walked with Jesus had struggles, but Jesus never stopped believing in them. He didn't say, wait, you guys are just now getting it. You're not worthy of being my disciples. Beat it. Get out of the boat. Swim back to the other side. No, he didn't do that. They continued on the journey together. And that's what I want you to remember today as I wrap up Bible study live. And that's the encouragement that I want to take from this is look, there are going to be days where you don't believe that you're capable of what you know God has called you to do. There may be things in your life you're like, I really feel like God is moving me in this direction. I really need to, to take this step, but I'm scared. I bet Peter was scared too. Even though he said, hey, if it's you, call me out and I'll come. And Jesus said, come on then. I bet Peter was still scared. And it shows because when Peter saw the wind and the waves, he got scared and he started to sink. So maybe there's something in your life that you feel like God has called you to, but you got nervous, you got scared, and you're starting to doubt your ability to answer that call. If Jesus is calling, if God is calling you, 
Don't doubt God and don't doubt you and your calling. Listen, sometimes we make mistakes. That's my great Dane puppy, Izzy. God, we love her. She's so noisy, though. She's got an alarm for her mouth. Sometimes we're going to stumble. Sometimes, like Peter, we're going to lose faith and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna trip and we're going to fall and we're going to start to sink. But take courage, my friends. Because in those moments when, now when we start to start to sink, cry out to Jesus. Because when Peter did it, it said, Jesus didn't hesitate. Take the risk to follow what God is calling you to do. Believe that if he's calling you, he's calling you for a reason. Because he believes in you too. And, uh, and if things feel like they're not going the way they're supposed to, take a cue from Peter cry out to Jesus for help and let him help you. Because when we do that, just like that night, that morning rather in the boat, by watching what took place, by watching Peter lose faith in himself and Jesus rescue him, a boatload of guys realized Jesus truly was who he says he is. And they worshiped him. See, sometimes our struggles can actually end up being an encouragement to somebody else. And so what I take away from today's Bible study is a couple of things. One, Jesus believes in us too. That's why he calls us to make disciples. Two, even though Jesus calls us, sometimes we're going to get a little nervous and we're going to stumble. And three, when we stumble, Jesus won't hesitate as long as we cry out to him. And lastly, if we do cry out to him in our moments of need, not only will Jesus help us and not hesitate to help us, but it'll also be a great example to other people so that they can say, wow, Jesus really is the son of God and I need to worship him too. There we go. If this was helpful to you, if you thought it was beneficial, if it, if it was something valuable, would you please share this? Uh, also feel free to drop comments on whatever platform you're watching it on. I'd love to go back and look at them later, be able to answer anything or at least try to. It doesn't mean I'm going to get it right. Uh, but Monday through Friday, uh, I'm doing Bible study live. Sometimes it's 10 minutes. Sometimes it's 30 minutes. Uh, but I want to invite you to join me back tomorrow for another Bible study live. And listen, no matter where you're at in this journey, Jesus isn't giving up on you. So uh, no matter how you feel, no matter where you're at, you're just one moment away from walking a little closer with him. So don't give up on yourself either. Thanks for watching. Love you guys. Appreciate you. See you tomorrow.